0: The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Good morning. I want to start off with, a, with something that you might say, well, I, I hate to start that way. That's kind of depressing, and that's why I'm starting this way. I want you to think, if you would, about your biggest failure. Uh, just something in life. I mean, it, it may be from years ago. It may be from a week ago. It may be to this morning. But what's been your biggest failure and, and what is something that haunts you or something that just keeps coming to your mind? It's just uh, uh, something that stays with you. It's kind of stuck with you and, and, uh, and it's just hard to get past. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk this morning about joy, but we're going we're gonna to talk about how joy is, is, is found in dealing with the past. And and as as we do that, we we have a great example here is Paul. And uh, I, I'm gonna mention this one more time uh, that that we were we were seeing we were watching Casting Crowns yesterday and uh, JC and I was there and Christopher and J and Denise and and he said he started talking about joy and he said the book of Philippians is about joy. And uh, and I I elbowed JC, I said, See? it's about joy and she said and and he said and and Paul's in prison and I said see Paul's in prison but but he still has he still finds joy uh while he's there and and he's writing this letter from prison and he's he's writing to the church at Philippi and, and in that he finds joy and in in chapter 3 we, we kind of see that Paul finds joy in dealing with his past. And and ever since Paul met Christ on the road to Damascus, you know, Paul is, is there and and he meets Christ on the road to Damascus. And since then, he has a new passion. He has a new purpose in life, which he he previously summed up in verse 10. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. We talked about that last week. That was Paul said, I want to know Christ and I want to know the power of his resurrection. And, and there was a, a powerful obstacle in Paul's past. There was something that, that, that it was his biggest failure, and in his past, and so he has this obstacle before him that he's having to deal with. And, and wouldn't it be wonderful if by some miracle we could live life in reverse? I mean, if we could, uh, if we could begin again, only knowing the things we know now, and then, so as we grow, things would be different, wouldn't they? We'd we'd make different decisions. We'd we'd uh, have the knowledge that we've gained through this lifetime up to now, and with that knowledge, we could start over, and and all the mistakes that we made that that we regretted later, we could fix, and we could repair, and and we could do all of those things. But that's not the way life's lived. In fact, I suppose that you you have to make mistakes to gain that knowledge if we never made those mistakes we'd never have the knowledge that we're saying oh if I could go back and do this again I would do it differently well how, how do we know we would do it differently because we've gained knowledge from those mistakes and and so so all we have is is our share of mistakes and and we all have them right I mean we all have mistakes that we that we would say boy if I could do that over again and, and if we did it over again, as I said, we wouldn't know until we made the mistake and then we would learn from that. And, and so though there's been times in my life that, that I didn't th- do things and they didn't turn out exactly right. And they didn't, they didn't turn out the way I wanted to. And during those times, I, I wanted to start over again. And those events, they occur every day. I mean, there are things that happen every day. We call those memories the past, and, and we might say, well, this, this happened yesterday, or this is in the past, or, or one time in my life, and, and obviously, we can't turn back the, the hands of time. We can't, we can't go back and, and redo the past, so the mistakes that we've made, they're, they're there, and there's nothing we can do about them, but there's hope. And, and folks, in that hope, that's where we find joy. The, the good news is the gospel, that, that is, that's the good news of Christ. It, it offers us a new beginning. It offers us a chance that we can say, you know what, I want to redo that. This morning we we're singing, and, and I didn't do that on purpose for illustration, but, but I knew I was in the wrong key. Colton, you knew I was in the wrong key, and and some of y'all all all knew I was in the wrong key. And I said, wait a minute, let's redo that. Let's stop and let's start over. And, And in life, we can't always do that, but there's always a chance for us to say, wait a minute, I need to stop and I want to start over and we find that in the gospel in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ that's the good news that, that we have a a new start And for most of us the, the past hold many good memories and and those good memories and those good times they are things that make us happy there's times that there's things that make us enjoy life and, and we remember special events like special birthdays or, or weddings or graduations or anniversaries or, or awards or something like those and, and those give Good memories are a wonderful thing. And, and when we bring them back and when we play them over and over in our mind and, and we remember those things, it brings a smile to our face. It brings joy to our heart. And, and, and we have those things. And, and thank God that we have good memories. And thank God that we can go back and we can relive those memories. But that the past can also give us some, some perspective. The past can, that can teach us many things about the life we're living in the present. Because we have those past experiences. The past is kind of like a rearview mirror in our car. We're we're moving forward and we see the things in front of us and, and we see the things around us, but but every now and then we have to glance up and, and kind of look back what was behind us and, and kind of remember the things that were behind us on a on a regular glance. And and when we do that we become wiser and we become more knowledgeable, knowledgeable about, about the good things in life, and, and we learn those from the past but but for some people the past can be a prison i mean it really can for for some people it's it's it puts them in bondage and it 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 holds them along with a good memories there can be memories of past failures there can be memories that, that haunt us. There can be failures that, 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 that just have broken us. And, and that pattern of failure in our lives may have, may have come several times, so we kind of put ourselves into a, a stereotype, and, and we kind of say, well, I'm just a product of my past. I'm just a product of, of who I am. Or sometimes you may even, be, you may even hear people say, well, I, I'm just who God made me to be. Well, God didn't make us to be failures, and God made us to be successful, and God made us to have joy. Now, that's not to say we don't have tough times in life, but, but if we're saying God's put me in this position, we need to back up and say, wait a minute, that's not what God's plan is for me. Because we talk, and we read, and we sing, and we find scriptures that, that talk about how God wants to free us from what? From our past. He wants us to free us from those from those things that we've dealt with in the past. And he wants to give us a new future. He wants to give us a, a new hope. We sing some songs this morning that just talks about what our hope is built on. And, and it's built on Jesus' blood and Jesus' cleansingness. And, and that's our future. And if we try to live life always looking in the rearview mirror, what's going to happen? If you don't know... Let me get out of the parking lot, but do that this morning. Just leave and throw up in the rearview mirror and just start driving down the road. You're going to end up in the ditch somewhere. You're going to end up end up against a tree or into somebody else's car because you're trying to live looking in the past. That does not work. <clears throat> so this morning, we're going to we're kind of going to talk about and and, and thinking about. Uh, first thing is, is we can relive the past, and, and people caught in this pattern, we, we can't, we, we have to deal with the past, and there's people that, that are caught in that pattern of, of in their minds, they're reliving the past. They're living it over and over and over and over and over, and, and all those negative emotions, they, they get around them, and, and, and they feel them every time something comes up, <coughs> excuse me. I read this story about a case where a a woman had went to a lawyer to to take out paperwork against her ex-husband. She said, I'm exhausted with emotion. I'm nervous. I'm upset to the point that I'm ill. And trembling, she related at length about how bad her ex-husband was and how ever since the divorce she had been prisoned by her own son's mind set against her. And he was constantly interfering with her son and her relationship. And the lawyer noticed she seemed a little bit old to have a young child at home. So the attorney, he kind of interrupted and he said, uh, how old is your son? And she said, well, he's 32. And, and the attorney said, oh, well, how long have you been divorced? And she said, oh, we, we've been divorced about 17 years. And and what she had done, she had made that divorce a career, a way of life. <coughs> everything she done, all the, all the thoughts, everything for life, all tied back to that. And, and she was just reliving her past over and over and over again. And folks, we can do that. We can, we can simply just relive our past. We can, we can just bring it up over and over and over and over and, and never put it to bed. The second thing we can do, we can resign to our past. Some people surrender to their past. They, they just come to the point of life and they decide that they're never going to arise above their past. So they just surrender to it. They, they believe they can never be more uh, productive than they're just a product of their past. But the third thing we can do, we can refuse to be dominated by our past. We can, we can recognize that while the past is unchangeable... It's it's a part of our history. What what are we doing around America Day? We're trying to for, we're trying to forget a past and and bury it like it never happened. Well, it's our history. And folks, all of us here, we have a we have a history. <clears throat> and in our history, we we can't be dominated by that, but we have a choice We can how we deal with those things. And, and that's where our message is today. So you say, Jake, you've said all of that for 10 minutes and you ain't even got to the message yet? Well, that's right. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, well, here we go. We're going to start right here. We're going to look at Paul because Paul had all of those issues. Paul dealt with all of those things. Paul could have certainly resigned to his past. Paul certainly could have said, I I just keep reliving these things over and over and over. Think and we're gonna speak we're just gonna quickly speak about this in just a minute, but but think about what Paul had done before he met Christ on the road to Damascus. I mean, he's persecuting the church, he's killing Christians, he's burning them at the stake, he's pouring boiling oil on them, he's, he's doing everything he can against Christ. So if, if anybody had a past that he could have said, hey, I'm, I'm a product of my raising. I was raised a Jew, I, I, I'm a Pharisee, I, I'm a product of my raising. And, and I can't change that, but he refused to be dominated by his past. So, so here's the first thing in, in Philippians chapter 3, and we'll go down to verse 13, and we're just going to read the first part of verse 13. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Here's the first thing. Live with the past. Living with the past. Paul just tells us the way to deal with the past is, is to forget it. Now, now, listen to what he says. And, and when I started studying this, I, I hadn't really thought much about that because we always talk about remembering and learning. But, but Paul says this, look at there. One thing I do, I'm forgetting those things which is behind. Now, an, I've read that, a, I don't know, I've read that a hundred times. And I've read through that, forgetting what behind, pressing on towards the mark ahead. But but I've never really thought about what's Paul saying. And Paul, as he thinks about his past... What does he mean when when he says, I'm forgetting the past, and and he's he's speaking of forgetting the past. He's not talking about amnesia where where simply the the inability to remember it all. There may be things in our past that we'd like to erase from our memories, things that we would like to to say, you know, I I just don't remember those things anymore. But but unfortunately, God has created us a a powerful mind, and, and in our powerful mind, we don't have the ability... To, to just forget things from the past. But, but Paul is talking about how can we, how can we forget those things and, and how can we erase those memories from our past and, and something even if we don't remember subconsciously, it seems like they're always there. They're always picking around. When we started this morning, I asked you to think of some failure from the past and, and for most of us here today, including myself, we probably thought of something that quick. I mean, it, it was in the past. It was gone, but, but still, it was there in our minds. So what Paul is talking about when he talks about forgetting the past, he, he means that we must forget it in a sense that we no longer allow it to control our lives. No longer does it, does it control our thought pattern. No longer does it control when we get alone and, and, and we start reliving in our in our mind over and over and over. Paul says, at this point, we need to forget those things which are in the past. We can't keep living on we them. Can't, we can't keep allowing those past failures to pull us down and, and forgetting those things which are past those hurts and those disappointments and, and those things that keep us from experiencing what God wants for us. Paul says we need to put those things aside and, and quit holding on to them. You may say, well, Jake, that's easier said than done. Well, It is. It's a lot easier to say those things than do it, and, and, and you're absolutely right, but by God's grace it can be done. God can liberate us. We, we, the praise team leads us in a song sometime, and I, I may butcher the words up, but it says, My chains are gone, and I've been set free. And, and when we think about what that song is saying, that, that those things which have chained us from the past... We, we sing a song out of the hymnal that, that talks about our fetters are, are fallen and, and, and what those are, those are chains that, that have bound us. And, and for many people, those chains have, have bound us in our past and our sins from our past and the things that we've done in the past. And, and the songs we sing and the words we read, says God says, you know, I've been set, I'm going to set you free from those things. And I think sometimes we read in the Bible and, and it says, those that I've set free, I've set free indeed. And and we, we go and we think about our sins or we think about something, but what, what God is saying, anything that binds us, He says, I want to set you free from those things. And I think Paul understands that there's nothing in your past too great for God to handle. There's no sin too big for God to forgive in our past. And and Christ has enabled us to release those things and move past those things, and, and in Paul's life, we see that he, he didn't say, hey, I, I, I'm a have-been, or, or think about what has been, but he, instead, he's thinking about what could be. He, he didn't keep looking back and saying, boy, uh, 10 years ago, if I'd made a different decision, think about what could be today. He's he looked, and he said, you know what? I'm not going to be bound by my past, but I'm going to look, and I, I want to see ahead what can be for my future Boy, if you would turn over to Timothy. <clears throat> I know we don't turn to a lot of scriptures, but if you have your Bible this morning, I hope you carry it. I hope you carry your sword everywhere you go, because you never know when Satan's going to attack, and that's what the Word of God is. It's our sword. So First Timothy, it's just a it's just a sixteenth of an inch over in your Bible towards Revelation. It's just a few pages over. First <clears throat> Timothy, and the reason I want you to turn there is because this is a this is a a rich passage of Scripture. It's, a, it's, it's just a powerful place of Scripture. And, and it's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 12. And this is Paul, and he's writing to Timothy. And I want you to listen to what he says. And if you mark in your Bible, I want you to underline verses 12 through 14. He says, I thank Jesus Christ our Lord, who has given me strength. And he's considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. And look at verse 13. Even though I once was a blasphemer and a persecutor and I was a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. But the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and the love. That are in Christ Jesus. Just think about what Paul's saying. He, he said, you know, my past, I, I, was, I was a persecutor. I was a blasphemer. I, I was living in ignorance. And that, that word ignorance means, you know, I was living in something I didn't understand. I wasn't informed of. But, but thank be to God that he, he poured out his grace upon me and his mercy upon me. And he brought me forgiveness. We find that in Paul's life. So Paul had to, he had to live with his past, but he didn't live with that past, with it dominating where he was headed. Here's the second thing. He lived in the present. He, he lived in the past, but he lived in the present. That second part of verse 13 says, Reaching forward to those things which lay ahead. Paul says that, that we forget our past and, and it, can't, it can't bind us down, but, but we need to be engaged in the present. We need to be living in the present. And, and one thing we can do that is, is if we can, by replacing and, uh, uh, pessimism with optimism. This morning, I would just ask you to think about yourself. Would you consider yourself a pessimist or an optimist? And if you can't figure it out, ask your spouse. Uh, or uh, if you'd say, well, I, I think I am a, an optimist, but, but everybody else thinks I'm a pessimist, well, they may be a pessimist, you know. But, but think about where you are, and it's hard to, to deal with defeat and failure uh, if, if, we, if we'll have a, a negative attitude. But if we have a more of a positive attitude, and I'm not one of these persons, you know that, that I, that I just preach, well, just be happy and everything's going to be okay. But, but I, am want us to think, I do want us to think about pessimism and optimism. Pessimism is, a, is, is unhealthy. I mean, it really is. It, it creates a, a cycle of, of dispre- the, depression and despair within us. If we're always a pessimist, you know, it, it, it becomes a way of thinking. And that way of thinking, when, when things are going well, what does the pessimist say? Well, something's going to happen. You know, it, it may be going well now, but, but something's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. When things start going bad, well, I knew it was going to happen. I just knew that was, I knew it was coming. I mean, that's the way of thinking. Uh, uh, you might as well just look past it because something worse is coming down the line. I mean, if we have that attitude, you know, it, it leads to that depression, and, and that's a serious thing, and we begin to think this way, and we've convinced, ourse- we've convinced ourselves that, that nothing's good's going to happen anyway. So, so when we begin to do that, we, 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 we need to move past that and say, all right, I, I just realized something this morning. I'm kind of a pessimist, and I, I want to move past that. I told you this story one time. An assistant of Thomas Edison, he, he tried to console Thomas Edison, the inventor, And and he was trying to say he needed to rise up over his uh, his failures. And and uh, he said to him, well, it's just too bad about this last try. Uh, You did all of that work with no results. And and Thomas Edison, the one he was trying to cheer up, said this. Oh, wait a minute. We have lots of results. We know 700 things that don't work now. Now, that's that's an optimist, isn't it? Oh, I, I learned some things. I, I, I realized all of those 700 ways don't work. So, so I'm going to move on forward. And, and when we're an optimist, we, we come to understand that God truly has a plan for our lives. He, he truly has a hope for us in the future. And, and that pessimism comes from looking back and saying, well, I've had all these life experiences, and I, I understand what can happen. And we, we're our, we've taken our eyes off God, and God says, wait a minute, I have a future for you, and you need to live in the present. Now think about that. We need to live in the present. We need to live in the present. We don't simply need to survive in the present. We we simply don't need to to ho-hum along in the presence, but God wants us to live in the presence. And and a lot of times when we get to that ideal of depression and exhaustion and, and we don't want to try anymore, we, we we just become that person that we just really just don't even want to get out of bed sometimes. We we just wanna we just wanna stay in the bed and 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 temptations around us all day long just to to do mind-numbing things. Just just sit in front of the television, just just burn the day up. And 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 just get through today. And, and folks, when we're living that kind of life, we're, we're not living today. We're simply just making it through. We're simply just struggling through. When Paul talks about this, he, he talks about reaching forward to those things that lie ahead of us. He, he talks about moving forwards and he uses a, a picture, a Greek word of a picture that's a foot race. And, and the Christian life, we're committed to do something. This morning, if you would kind of find yourself saying, you know, spiritually, I'm kind of that way. I, I'm just kind of a couch potato. I, I, spiritually, I just kind of get up and I just kind of, I just kind of wrestle my way through the day, and and I get tired, and I just want to lay down. And and I want you to think about what Paul says. He 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 says it's like a race. It's it's like we get out and run. And and uh, I was offended yesterday by Christopher. And uh, he, he's, Chris, oh, he's here, and, and uh, this guy that looked like he was about 40 was running, and Chris said, he's too old to be doing that. <laughs> guy that was looking in all the trash cans for the meals. <laughs> oh, I don't know what he's looking for. This guy dressed real nice was running from trash can to trash can, opening them and looking, and then run to the next one. And I don't know, but but we're not too old to run in the race. Amen? Boy, that's pretty weak. You may feel too old, but Paul says this, it's a race. It's, it's action for us. He he, he likens it to a wrestling match. In Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of this dark age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavy, heavenly places. He says, hey, life's like a wrestling match. It takes action. Life's like a foot race. Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore also, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so eagerly entangles us, and let us run the race with perseverance, the race that is set before us. He likened it to a boxing match in 1 Timothy 6.12. He says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold to eternal life, which we're also called to have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. See, all of these things Paul describes are, are action items. He, Jesus calls us not to merely to an invitation to believe in Him intellectually, but to follow Him. And when we follow Him, we're going to find joy, and, and we're going to live today. We're not going to live in our past. We're going to we're going to live in what we've done in the past, but we're going to live today. And lastly, we're going to live for the future. Paul says this, I'm going to press on in verse 14. I'm going to press on for the goal, for the prize of their upward calling of Christ Jesus. Paul is determined not to focus on failures of the past. He's determined on on reaching out for what is in the future for him. He's not simply simply reaching. He's he's going forward and he's moving forward in his his endeavor. He says this, I'm pressing on. That's the same word he uses in verse 6 when he talks about how, how zealous he was in persecuting the church. He uses the same word here. I'm pressing on. I'm, I'm going to press on for the goal, for the prize, for the upward calling of Christ Jesus. That, that same intensity, that same, that same determination he had in, in pursuing destroying Christ, he's now saying, I'm putting that into God's plan for my life. And folks, when we live today, we need to live for the future and for what God has ahead of us. Charles Swindoll, I'm sure you've heard of him in his book, Living Above the Level of Mediocrity. He says this, press on. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent with not will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. For the world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are important when we think about what Paul says. He says, "You know, there's some things in our past we need to we need to put we need to put aside. We need to forget those things which are in the past. We need to press on to what God has for us. We need to live in the past, glancing in that rearview mirror every now and then, that we'll remember how to move forward. And then we need to live right now in the present. And then beyond that, we need to live." in the future, knowing that God has a plan for us. Yesterday, we were again at the fair, and we were at the concert, and uh, songs mean so much more when you kind of hear the background of them. Casting Crown sings the song, East to West. And the guy that wrote it was there, and he's a youth minister, and he said when he was in college that uh, he... He he had a lot of story, a lot of long story, I, I'll shorten it up for time-wise, but he said he never read the Bible, and he said he started reading the Bible, and, and he, he said, I really didn't understand, he was in, he was in a seminary, he was in Bible school, and uh, he said, but I, I went to church, and he said, uh, I just kind of, just went, just kind of there, you know, and, he said, so I, I was sitting in my dorm room, and he said, I started reading my Bible. And he said, I'd, I'd read something, and I wouldn't understand it. He said he had uh, dyslexia, and he's ADD or whatever. But he, he said, I'd read something, and then he said, I'd go out that day, and I would goof up. And he said, and then I'd come back, and I, I'd read something, and, and I would say, okay, okay, I got it, God. And he said, I'd go out and goof up. And he said, I'd done that over and over and over and he said, finally, one, one day I was sitting there and he said, I, I, I was reading God's word and I realized that God said, you know what, your sins are forgiven. He said, but I kept thinking, but I just keep on sinning. And, and, and Paul even said, you know, the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things I want to do, I don't do. And, and that old man rises up inside of me. And, and he said, so I, I sat down and I began to pray and I, I began to think about what God's word said. And he said, I wrote that song. Jesus, just, tell, just show me how far the, the east is from the west that I might know that, that I've been forgiven, that, that you don't hold me accountable any longer for my sins and, and that they, you remember them no more. And, and it comes to a point in our life that when we sin, we, we have to confess our sins. And Jesus says he's faithful and just forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we need to realize when God has done that, we need to move on from those past. And we need to live more for today and more in the future. I want to ask you, we're going to have a word of prayer. I want to ask our praise team to come back up. All of you. And, and I want you all to close us this morning with that song, East to West. And, and this morning, this is our invitation, and if God is dealing with you, I'm going to be here on the pew. I'm not going to ask you to stand this morning, but I want you really to think about the words of this song and, and to realize whatever's in our past, that when we confess it to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that we might live with the knowledge of the past, that we would live today, with our eyes on the future, knowing that God has forgiven us, He's forgotten those sins. And and when the devil raises up those things of our past, that we would say, Jesus, just remind me just how far you've cast my sins. When we but confess them, when we come to Him. Father, this morning as we just continue to worship You, I pray that we'd remember Your forgiveness, the freedom that You offer, that our chains would be broken, that we would not be bound by the things of our past, but, Father, we would live in today. We would live for you, looking forward to what you have for us in the future. I pray that your words would speak to us. I pray this song would speak to us. And I pray today that we'd be forever changed as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen.